You are listening to episode 86. And I also would like to introduce today the Okiki Video Bootcamp. Yes, I will be launching a course, which I will have a wait list in the show notes. And I will be launching some group coaching as well. I know there has been a lot of requests lately of people wanting to learn how can they create content for their own brands. And so I'm looking forward to bringing you along in the journey with that. If that's something that you've wanted to gain skills and techniques on, this will be for you. You'll learn systems on how to create content effectively and efficiently and have more time for yourself in the process. While reaching your clients. Again, you can find the information for the Okiki Video Bootcamp in the show notes below. On today's episode, I got to interview the lovely Tahira Fideli. She is a former member of The Wow, which is a women's entrepreneurship group that I am part of in my city. And that's how I met her. Just a lovely personality. She was actually a partner with them and really helped create visions around how they can grow financially. And that is what she does with her company, Tula CPA. And this is a forward-looking firm that really supports financial management and strategy when it comes to helping people grow their businesses. She obtained her CA in London, England at KPNG and has worked with a diverse set of clients. Then she moved to Toronto where she was working with McCain Foods Limited in their global finance team and got to do a lot of travel with that role. And with her diverse experiences, she's also a proud mother of two children and she loves exploring the planet's diversity and has been to over 35 countries. She also is a longtime student of yoga and holds a 200 hour training certificate. And when she's not doing that, she enjoys reading as well. And if you have been enjoying these episodes, be sure to give a rating and a like on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and let me know which episode has really inspired you in this month of January and resolutions. This episode is also brought to you by Okiki Consulting, where we empower brands to tell their stories through video content. So whether it's in English or in French, we are here to support you to create content that really communicates your story to your clients. And now on with today's episode. Welcome to the Okiki Podcast, where we make inspirational people known. Brought to you by your host, Fian O'Brien. everyone and welcome to the Okiki podcast and I'm really excited to have Tahira Fadali 
on the podcast today. She's the founder of Tula CPA, and this is a firm that is looking to help people focus on their financial management and profitability through strategic consulting. And between that and CFO services and monthly group coaching, she's very passionate about supporting visionaries in their mission and also the well-being of both people and the planet. She has obtained her CA in London at KPMG LLP, and she has worked with many great companies, including McCain Foods Limited. And actually how I met Tahira was being a member of The Well, which is a entrepreneur uh, woman's community in Saskatoon. Although Tahira is now somewhere new, she definitely left an impact and is very impressionable in that space and just super warm and uplifting. And I really enjoyed her working well session. So I knew I had to interview her for the podcast today. So thank you, Tahira, for being willing to be a guest today. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. I was looking at your guests and you have such an amazing roster of people on your podcast. So I feel honored to be here and a bit of imposter syndrome. So oh thank goodness, you. you're definitely up there in that <laughs> list. <laughs> it's always an honor for me to get to interview them. I'm like, I'm so glad they're letting, willing to let me pick their brain. <laughs> so, and then I can share that with the world too. We can learn together. And yeah, I just wanted to get into your story because you have such a unique path. But what was your educational and career background and what kind of led you into the space you're in today? Yeah, I think it's part planning, part fluke, the way we all kind of end up in things. But so I studied commerce at McGill. And I think that was because, you know, when I was growing up, I had this more superficial need to find a job that would earn me lots of money. And that's why I chose that path. But I also think there was an always an underlying interest in business. And so I studied finance and accounting. And then after that, you know, fourth year I was looking at, and you know, all the, the commerce students are looking or actively seeking jobs. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I didn't know so much what I wanted to do, but I know I wanted to leave the country. And London drew me because I was studying finance and it was the financial capital of the world. And I thought that's where I want to be. So I was spending all my time in my fourth year, just applying for jobs. And I noticed that KPM, a lot of the big four accounting firms, specifically, they had visas for sponsoring international people. So that was an easy route because otherwise it's really hard to find a job where a company will actually sponsor your visa. So I went through, so I got interviewed with KPMG and I got accepted to their CA program. And I was really excited to just have an opportunity to work in London, you know, work in the financial capital of the world for this prestigious organization and get to get my designation. And so I spent four years at KPMG, really enjoyed the work, even though I was an audit, I really enjoyed it. I learned so much. It was so much more than just accounting, you know, and there was building relationships with clients and really understanding a business. And we had fun. We were kind of like back in university with, it was like a crew of us. I met my husband there. <laughs> so yeah, it was very, it was very fruitful opportunity. And then I spent four years in London and then I just knew that I didn't want to stay there forever. And I wanted to come home. Toronto's home for me. And I came home and with no job, I just kind of left. I went traveling and then I came home and I got home and I said, okay, what do I want to do next? And I think at that point in my life, it was more just, okay, just get a job and hunker down. And so I got a 
job, my first job, I wasn't too into it. And then I, my mom was actually doing as like working as a consultant for McCain. And so she introduced me to McCain and they were looking for internal auditor. And so I interviewed for that job. And that was a really cool job because McCain is a global company and the internal audit role is traveling internationally to do audits on site. And so, you know, I went to my interview and then I got the job and my boss called me before my start date. And he's like, congratulations, you're going to China like next week. And so that was really cool. Just the opportunity to travel. And when you're young, it's, it's fun. And then I moved into a number of different roles and I ended up moving into more of the strategic financial team that oversaw kind of the global finances, you know, put reports together for the CFO, the CEO, the board. So really got exposure to the kind of high level stuff of the business, but then also working with the individual teams on an operational level to kind of put everything together from a consolidated perspective. So yeah, really got some interesting opportunities at McCain. At one point I was working under the vice president of manufacturing. And so that gave me a really unique experience too, because we actually traveled to all of our factories around the world to talk about cost-saving opportunities. And I even got to do specific projects on the plant floor to help them save costs around like labor. So yeah, that was a really cool opportunity. And then I had had, I went on my first maternity leave. And then in that, during that year that I was on maternity leave, my husband got a job opportunity in Saskatoon and it felt crazy at the time, but it felt right for a number of different reasons for family. And so we were kind of adventurous in that way. And we said, okay, let's do it. It's another adventure. Let's go. And I think that move really made me start to think about what I wanted to do. And I think up until that point, I'd had these voices in my head ever since I left KPMG about starting my own business. And then it was just clear to me that if we were going to move to Saskatoon for my husband's career, I wanted to take the opportunity to do something different as well. And so that for me, that was starting my own business. And so that's when we got there and I got my daughter in daycare and I just started building my own business. And at first, my group of advisors who are mostly my family said, you know, start off by just doing what you know, right? And just offer anything, just start to, you know, experience lots of things and get some clients and then you'll figure it out. And I think it was good advice in some ways. So I started as a traditional accounting firm and I started offering bookkeeping and taxes. And I was doing that for a while. And then I slowly realized that there was so much more opportunity to help business owners. I was talking and specifically women. I was meeting a lot of women who are entrepreneurs and who were just so excited to have a woman accountant. And I also noticed that they didn't really have a way to understand their finances or really have any support. And that's not why they went into business and they were never taught these skills. And there was more I could do to help. And so I started figuring out ways and kind of, you know, talking to my tax clients and maybe trying to set up meetings to be like, okay, let's talk about what's going on in your business. And so just kind of trial and error and working with, and then meeting so many women at the well and just kind of evolving my services. And then I figured out how to work more strategically. So I started offering packages like business planning packages. And then I noticed an opportunity to like offer a CFO package where, you know, includes planning and then it includes touch points throughout the year to kind of keep them on track with their finances. And so then I got to a point where I realized that's what I really was enjoying doing. And I didn't actually enjoy the 
traditional accounting services. And I finally let go of the fact that there are lots of other people that offer that and I should focus on what I love doing. And so that's where I am right now is just doing that kind of consulting value added services for entrepreneurs to really help them manage their finances, to support them in their in growing their businesses. And so I'm doing uh, more strategic consulting and CFO services. Wow, that is such an incredible story. <laughs> I just love hearing the uniqueness. Thank you so much for sharing your story and just the diversity of your experiences. And I like seeing how you had this really wide global experience, but somehow when you came to our city in Saskatoon, you used that as a testing ground to try your own thing. So I find that really fascinating that you felt like that was a space where you could try that, you know? Totally. And I felt always intimidated by the idea of starting my business in Toronto and Saskatoon being a, you know, like bigger fish, smaller pond and just the uniqueness of the city too, right? So mm-hmm. I was amazed by how welcoming people were to the entrepreneurial community and how many entrepreneurs there are and how easy it is to infiltrate that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah, I will say that is something unique about the cities. Like if you're an entrepreneur or in that space, there's definitely a whole community around that and very vibrant people for sure. And in those experiences, you talked about how you tested and really start to find out what you like actually serving and offering your clients. And so in that, like what was like the biggest challenge you faced in or obstacle rather in when you had a clear idea of what you did want to provide? What was like, the biggest obstacle you found in really launching that or making that known to people if there was one. Right. Yeah. And I actually, to be totally honest, I continue to have obstacles with because it's a unique offering. And because when most businesses are starting off, you know, you kind of take this DIY approach to as many things as possible. And finances is one of those things because you, the reality is, as a business owner, when you're starting off, you need to invest your dollars in growing. So, and you know, it's a sexier side, like sales and marketing. And so it's really finding the fit between my services and who's willing to pay for it. And I think what I found is a lot of the people, and I'm I'm continuously figuring out my product market fit. It's more established businesses who have already kind of seen that growth in their sales. And it's also entrepreneurs that may have learned the hard way that getting support with finances is really important. And then they're, they're like super on board. And that's where I find we have the best working relationship. That's amazing. I also wanted to go into when you were starting your business versus doing this work with all these diverse companies, what was the biggest surprise to you as a business owner in the difference of those experiences? I guess I learned quickly that a lot of those skills were really transferable. And yeah, this transferable skills, right? Because what I was used to was going into a business and getting a total understanding of what was going on. And then figuring out really quickly, like running some numbers and I can really pinpoint where I see opportunity and I can really see things that other people don't see if they're not looking at numbers. And I'm skilled in communicating that in a way that people can understand. I think that's so key too, because if you're not speaking the same language as people, then your work doesn't matter. So yeah, that's what surprised me that I could easily add value on a smaller scale. That's really interesting. And also kind of going into that, when it comes to 
you know, the work you've done with businesses. And we're also in like New Year's or, you know, this is a time, I guess, where people might be struggling with the New Year's resolutions that they had created or the ideas that they have. But there's a lot of kind of pressure towards like, how do you set, you know, new goals? So I guess in your space and with the businesses you've worked with, what are some trends you see and what is some advice you have for some small business owners who are really trying to figure out how to not only set these goals Mm -hmm. adequately, but actually stay on track with them? Right. Yeah. So I think the first thing, and I realize is I think most people, you know, you start the year with dreams and when it comes to money, I mean, what else is it besides I want to make more money this year, right? I think we all dream that. And we're all, we all have that in the back of our heads. So let's just put it out there as like, okay, we all have that commonality. Now, what do we do about it? Right. And I think one of the key things, and I love the the quote by Benjamin Franklin, if you fail to plan, you're planning on failing. So, you know, you have this dream with any sort of goal you have in life, you have to plan it out. I think where I find the a gap is that we all want more money. We all want to make more money in our business, but without focusing on that, it doesn't just happen. Right. So that's the first thing that we have to understand. And then, okay, so if once that's understood, then what does that mean? It means putting a plan together. So, you know, it could be, it could be any time of the year, but the new year is just, I like the new year is a, it's a fresh start. And it's like, you know, you need a period of time that's a full cycle. And it's just how our brains can really process January to December as a year. So I think it's a really good time to put down whether it's your financial year or not. You can always look at your calendar year as well, because you can look back at the data. And I can tell you what I would do for my business. So this Monday, actually, you know, I put time in my calendar Monday. I was like, okay, this is going to be my time to look at my finances. And so what that meant for me was getting my books up to date. That was the first step, right? You need data. Once that data is put together, then you can look at the data. So then what I do is I pulled my profit and loss statement from January to December, right? And you have to look, you have to face that data, whether it's going to be something that you were happy with or not, just like really looking at, okay, what were my total sales last year? How much did I spend last year? Okay. That that's a starting point, right? And then what was my profit? Or what was my loss? So what happened last year as a base point? And then, okay, what do I want? What am I dreaming about this year? Writing that down too. Okay, what do I want? And then you have some data of like what actually, you know, you have some hard facts about things that worked and didn't work last year. So how do I bridge the gap between last year and this year? So if I want to up my sales by 50%, okay, what is that going to look like? So then it's like drilling down. What are my services? And how am I going to make up that gap in my services? Does that mean five new clients, 10 new clients? So that's the sales part. And then, okay, what did I spend last year? And so then I have it broken out by category of spending category. And then I can start to predict, okay, by category, how much am I going to spend, right? Because if you do it that way, then you know your, you kind of know your baseline of expenses and you know what you can't get away with spending. Like for me personally, I have fees to the CPA organizations. I have professional development fees. I have insurance, right? So these things, even if I want to decrease my expenses by 50%, these are going to show me the things that I have to spend money on. And then once I kind of do an expense budget and then I look at, okay, so how much does that leave me? And then am I happy with that or not? If no, then I have to go back to the drawing board. Okay, how do I, can I bring down my expenses? That's the first place to start. Can I 
bring down my expenses if I want my profit to go up? Yes or no. If no, then the only place that leaves me is sales. Okay. So then what does that mean for my sales? Does that mean a, do I need to, you have two options. You sell more or you increase your prices. I always tell my clients, the last resort is to go back to your customers and raise your prices. So you want to try to do everything internally first. Okay, can I sell more of X? And then at the very last resort, if like I'm still not happy with my profit and I can't sell any more of my product, that leaves me with one choice. But all all these data points help me make that decision so that when I go back to my customer and I say, listen, I really have to increase my price and you're really confident in that. And then that comes out. And because you know, you have no other choice, it, it makes the conversation easier. And thank you so much for that thorough and like meaningful explanation of like the process, because I think it's really interesting to me and definitely before tax season, when I'm checking my QuickBooks and checking like how the year went, it's funny how finances definitely tell a story and you're like, okay, like this one actually could be less, or maybe I don't need this app subscription for this, or like, it's really interesting. Like you're saying when you really evaluate and I think, yeah, just having those conversations. And I also wanted to move into, I think that is that still something you offer people, uh, these kind of like business money conversations. And was this something that you experienced a lot when you went into business, maybe because of the nature of your work, you probably talked about it all the time, but did you find that this was an area of discomfort or like, it was kind of like a hidden conversation for most business owners that you interacted with? Yeah, very much so. I always try to dig one level deeper with my clients because it's not just about their business or their earnings. It's really actually, there is so many layers underneath about, and it all starts with our relationship with money and how money is, how we've interacted with money in the past and how that's shaped our behaviors. And there's, you know, in our society in general, money is such a sensitive topic. It's caused trauma for a lot of us based on, you know, how we grew up, where we grew up, you know, our social status. And so really it starts with kind of uncovering those pieces because it leads to his avoidance, right? If we have all these past traumatic experiences with money, none of us are equipped to deal with money because we're just not taught the skill set. And then we just avoid it because A, we're scared of it. And B, we have all this shame that we don't know how to manage our money. And we have all the shame that we're doing it wrong. And we have all the shame that we should know these things. And so there's so many layers to uncover. And yeah, so that leads to everyone kind of taking this really passive, not, I wouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people who start businesses taking this very passive approach with money. Like I'll figure everything out and I'll figure the money thing out last, but it doesn't make sense, right? We all started a business because we want to make some money out of this thing. You know, we want some freedom in our lives. And the only way that's going to come is if we really nail this money thing. And so what I do, what I offer for that is, so I do strategic planning. So I offer like financial strategy packages where it's all about laying that plan out. So it's really clear what you need to do to make this thing profitable. Yeah, I find that really interesting. And also your passion is kind of with you know, that it lies with these entrepreneurs in that space and how they strategically think. Because I think it's very easy in an entrepreneur space to have like, you know, two types of people. (laughs) You have like most entrepreneurs, and I'm sure you've experienced this, are like visionaries and big dreamers. And they see the vision and like the execution part is I think where money comes in. And it's Mm -hmm. like, 
wait, I have to do deal with these details. Like this is kind of depressing or this is kind of like <laughs> not fun. That exciting. Right. And then I think you're kind of in an interesting space that you're like literally both. So I think that's a unique gift to be able to really understand the mind of an entrepreneur while also going like for that dream, like you're going to have to really look at this. It's kind of like a weird form of therapy. Almost. It is <laughs> totally. And I try yeah. to be very, you know, people have told me that I'm a calm and say, I try to be a safe space, right? Because people have all this emotional baggage when it comes to money. And then they've had past experiences with, you know, dealing with potentially like maybe their accountant or their bankers and especially women, right? Who are the traditional people in roles around money. It's like men and they, you know, there are many, many women have experienced uncomfortableness. Like they've felt disempowered and intimidated. And so I try to bring, because I think that every person has the ability inside of them to have, positive working relationship with money. You just need the tools and you need the support. And where do you see Tula CPA in the next like five years in terms of this vision and, you know, or one year or three years or five years, like where do you see it going with kind of this mission and passion that you want it to um, accomplish? That's an interesting question. It's funny. I work so many, and I think a lot of people who work in a specific field, they're so focused with supporting, like I'm so focused on supporting my visionaries that I often don't, to be honest, sit down and think about my vision. And I think for me, because I'm not, I'm not a visionary and I know what I enjoy doing and how my business has evolved. I'm always evolving because I can do one thing for a while and then I can feel like I've done it and I, it's time for me to move on. And so I actually accept that part of my personality in my business. And so I don't, I think I, because I'm a money oriented person, I have financial goals but I don't have specific goals of what my business will look like in five years. I think I always like, and I like integrating my business into my lifestyle. And so if my lifestyle changes, how does my business support that as well? You know, I'm bringing up two kids and as they grow up and their needs change as our family evolves. And I don't know if that answers your question, but maybe it's a short wave thing. I don't know. <laughs> No, it's it's great to hear like your perspective on it. And I was even curious in continuing that, like you kind of started like the process out here and now you're in a new city. What has been like, I guess, the differences you've noticed or has have things changed dramatically for you in bringing that knowledge over to where you now are? Right. Yeah. And I, I'm still settling in because I only, it's only been, maybe now it's been seven months, but, you know, I talked about earlier how I was so, you know, I got to really integrate into the Saskatoon entrepreneurial community and I'm still riding that wave. So I'm still working with my entrepreneurs in Saskatoon. I'm still like taking on more clients there because, you know, that network is still there and I don't have to just give it up because, you know, the reality of our work now, like I, my work is global. And so I'd say in Toronto, I honestly have not even infiltrated the entrepreneurial scene here. You know, I think that takes time building relationships. I, I realize what I've really realized is I have a long sales process and people that starting to work with now are saying they're ready. You know, these, these relationships I've been working on for years or like at least a year. Right. And so I'm just taking my time figuring out who I need to, where I need to be here. But 
it's been a lot of just resettling in and doing kind of a lot of the administrative side of my business when I move and then continuing on with my clients. And I think for me, I've realized it's all about relationships and those take time. And so I'm not trying to rush into building my business up here. I'm still kind of, I have relationships everywhere and it's kind of nurturing those for my business. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely excited for you because as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Tahira definitely left an impression in Saskatoon. So (laughs) I can only imagine what will happen as you build those relationships in Toronto as well, especially for the size of the city even, right? um, what's possible. And I guess my final question for you today is what do you value the most about the position that you're in today? What? Oh, wow. I value the freedom I have. And, you know, there's lots of factors that have allowed me that. And it's not just like pure chance or I I can't boil it down to my efforts. It's like there's a lot of privilege in it. But I love that, you know, I think after leaving my corporate job, though, I loved working for McCain. Once you kind of get a breath of fresh air, I don't know if I could go back to an employee's employer relationship. Although I I always keep my mind open and I'd never say never, but I honest I definitely love the freedom that I have with my business um that I can take chunk I took the summer off and I don't plan on doing that every year, but that I can kind of plan out chunks of time that I want to take off. You know, I very much plan my work during the school hours and I very much plan my workloads so I don't work in the evenings or weekends and so it's that flexibility and freedom that I love most. Yes, that's that sounds amazing. It, it sounds like you really value relationship and having space for the people in your life, sorry, and that's how it really impacts the way you do business. So I also wanted to say thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your knowledge and where can the audience find you? Oh, thank you so much, Fee. And I, I've really enjoyed this conversation too. And you have this great way of interviewing people and getting really great information out of them. You can find me at tulacpa.com. You can find me on Instagram at tula.cpa. And you can find me on LinkedIn, Tahira Fidali. Awesome. And thank you so much to hear again. And thank you for sharing the knowledge. I'm sure our listeners, especially the business owners, will be writing notes down and hopefully reaching out to you as well to get the help that they need. Thank you for being on the Okiki podcast today. Awesome. See you soon.